0: What's up, everybody? It's Athea Sam here. Welcome to Unleash The Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're having a fantastic day. And if you're wondering why my voice sounds unusually clear, it is because I have finally invested in a boom arm for my podcast mic. So it's right up close and personal. There's no echo, no nonsense, no nothing. Nothing in between me and the mic. And uh, so I'm coming in nice and clear. I feel like a professional. Here we are, like a year later. I actually—it's funny. I actually meant to look up when uh, when we launched our first episode. I think I think we're encroaching on on a year, and um, I'm finally getting some like pretty basic podcast equipment here. So, anyway, that's just how it goes. But thank you guys for listening. Thanks to those of you who are continuing to leave ratings, reviews, comments. It's been awesome hearing from some of you guys lately. Um, man, I absolutely love it. We have crossed the fifty thousand download threshold and that is super exciting and um man it just gets me fired up about serving you guys more uh continuing to produce more content and we have some killer interviews that are coming out here in the next six weeks or so that i know you're gonna love as well so uh today's episode we are digging into uh it's kind of a follow-up actually i did uh, an episode probably about a week ago talking about the spiritual aspect of recovery because um That gets a little bit confusing, you know, whether you are in a, let's say, very like conservative, more uh, traditional kind of Baptist or Lutheran denomination, or or you're, you know, in like the charismatic uh, kind of extreme side of that, or you're somewhere in between, you know, you're a non-denominational that's a little more seeker-friendly or whatever it might be. It doesn't really matter where your theology stands. This is a spiritual conversation when we're talking about healthy sexuality and gain-free of porn. And there's certain elements here that are at play regardless of your theological stance, and so I did an episode on that. I'll link it in the show notes, um, and I I highly recommend you listen to that one before you listen to this episode today. It's gonna just provide some context. Um, but uh, but if you don't, you should know what we're getting into today is putting on the armor of God, and um, and the whole idea here is that the the battle to get free of porn is not really a battle um, because battle. when you get into a battle, you do not know what the outcome will be. That's what makes it a battle. But in our case, we know the outcome. The outcome is that God has made it possible for us to live lives of freedom, lives of holiness, and lives that are void or minimally void of sin. And so that is, that is the final result here is that we win. And we do not fight for battle. Rather, we attack this thing from a place of victory, knowing that we've already won, knowing that we just have to figure out how to walk further and further and further into the freedom that Christ has afforded us by surrendering his perfect life on the cross for our sins. So this is not actually a battle, but the spiritual elements are important because the enemy is would like us to believe that we are defeated. He'd like us to believe that, you know, everything's working against us and this is just so difficult and so impossible. And uh, it's not to negate the challenges that come pursuing freedom, but it is to say that we have a superior God, far, far, far superior. And uh, we want to make sure we come in with that mentality. Now, uh, the armor of God, which is outlined in Ephesians 6, really gives us some practical things or some specifics to apply to the spiritual part of getting free. In some ways, you know, we don't want to over-spiritualize this because many of people have done that and they're waiting for their breakthrough and when they say waiting for their breakthrough what they mean is they hope they wake up one day and they're no longer addicted because those stories exist, those are real things. We've I mean, we've seen a person or two in our community and I have friends outside of my community that have had those experiences. They do happen, but they are a very small minority of cases. And for a majority of us, we have been invited into a process of maturation, of growing, of building skills and acquiring tools that not only help us get free of porn, but really help us live better quality lives, have better relationships, be more godly individuals, and really just develop the inner fortitude that is required to be successful and to be effective in this thing that we call life. And so the journey is where it's at, if you ask me. I mean, I'm not going to complain about getting an instantaneous breakthrough, but for me, it's really about the journey. That's the real money. That's the value of this. And um, along the way, you do need some tools and some resources. And so that's what the armor of God provides for us. So I, I promised in the last episode that I would go into this a little bit more and talk a little bit about how each part of the armor of God applies to the journey of sexual integrity you know getting free of porn abstaining from sexual immorality or eliminating sexual immorality and everything that comes with it so i want to read this scripture i kind of got my preacher teacher hat on today a little bit uh because those of you who have listened know i was a local church pastor for about 10 years and um and so I, I have that hat on a little bit today. This isn't going to get super preachy. We're, we're going to get super practical instead and, uh, and just try to translate this scripture into some, some good takeaways for you guys to take another step today in your journey to full sexual integrity and full recovery from porn addiction. So I'm reading out of the New King James Version. This is Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. So even that, that text is really important. It doesn't say put on the armor of God as you need it. Pick the parts that work for you. It says put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Interesting here, Paul is actually talking about how, you know, it's easy to blame the people that cause all these issues in our world, yet these people are under the influence of a spiritual arena that cannot be seen, yet has dramatic impacts on our day-to-day life. And that is where we want to have authority, that's where we want to have an effect, and that's where this spiritual battle takes place. Verse 13, "...therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand." In other words, that you just be strong enough to stand the temptations, the urges, and everything that comes with it. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Okay, so, um, so some translations call it the buckle of truth or the belt of truth. Girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And that's something we talked about extensively in that previous episode. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with prayer, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. So he's outlined a couple different parts here. Now, one thing I want to emphasize, and this is probably one of the best takeaways I've ever been given by a preacher from this portion of scripture. And I I don't remember who said it first, but, or who I heard it from first rather, but you will notice that every single part of the armor of God deals with the front. There's nothing for the back. So what does that tell you? It tells, it tells you that we were meant to advance. We're never meant to be going back. We're never meant to worry about people coming from behind us because we are always on the offensive in this battle. We're always looking ahead. There's nothing behind us. We don't need to look back there. We're looking ahead. We are constantly moving forward. So let's go through each part and talk about the implications it has here. Um, the gird, Having girded your waist with truth It's New King James Version So I do apologize I know some of the language is probably a little bit um, You know, it's just not, it's not super easy so, so just thanks for bearing with me This is my preferred translation So that's, this is why I'm, I'm offering a, a deeper interpretation here Because I know some of it's a little bit quirky Having girded your waist with truth You know, you, you have to imagine um, Imagine a belt The belt of truth is probably the better uh, metaphor here but the idea is that if you think about what a belt does, it holds things in position. And what it actually does is it's it's at the very center of your being, right? It Where your center of gravity is, is exactly where the buckle of a belt would be typically. Sometimes it's a little bit higher, but it's generally in that area. And my personal belief is that truth is meant to be our center of gravity. That everything that we do, revolves around truth it's that truth guides us and governs us and leads us now you may know this but whoever has the lower sensor uh, sorry the lower center of gravity tends to be the person that is able to harness more strength and have a lot more brute force in a wrestling match or a battle that that center of gravity goes a long way and so when truth is our center of gravity, it keeps us anchored, it keeps us grounded, and it allows us to tap into the spiritual strength that is within us through the Holy Spirit, through Christ within us, the hope of glory, that enables us to move forward and to advance, not just, um, not just haphazardly, but with strength, with authority. The second part, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. This is such a huge part in the, the topic of sexual morality. We we want to be righteous people. It's interesting that it is the breastplate, you know, um the, the way that that the human mind works and specifically the eyes. We, we regularly or naturally look towards the the chest area of an individual. It is it is where our eyes tend to gravitate because that is the part of the body that is often the furthest ahead, especially if it's on a woman, right? That's the part that kind of protrudes the most typically. And even in a man, you know, maybe not always the case, uh, but that, that part, we are meant to kind of lead like that. Somebody who has excellent posture, they stand tall and their chest sticks out right it's prominent and so righteousness is meant to be something that we lead with in this day and age it has never been easier to spot righteous people because there's so much wickedness as so much sexual immorality has become normal in our society righteousness stands out and so you and i are called to walk in righteousness not not even in an overt way not in a holier than thou kind of way but just in a natural way. You know, for me, one of the things that I've been working on this year is kind of my, my New Year's resolution, quote unquote. I don't really do resolutions, but um I, I always try to find one thing that I want to improve on. And the one thing I wanted to improve on this year is my posture. And it's funny, just by by having better posture, you know, I got like a bunch of comments. People are like, man, like looks like you put on some muscle. And, you know, granted, I have been working out, but Honestly, if you were to measure like the amount of muscle mass, like, I don't know, like if you put a band around my arm and measure, the dimensions have not changed a lot. But it's actually my posture that is really causing people to take note because there's, there's more confidence, there's more authority, and it stands out. And righteousness does the same thing in the spirit. As we grow in our righteousness, as we make better decisions, as we as we continue to make choices that please the Father and that are in line with what God has instructed us to and called us to, you and I stand taller and we walk with more authority to the point that people around us will take notice. The next part, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of details in here and th- this is short form content, so we can't go deep into it. But the idea here is that peace is meant to govern your steps. It's not a good feeling when, when you're moving forward in life shakily. It, it doesn't mean that you have 100% clarity or confidence or whatever. My, my personal mantra is like 80%. You know, when my wife bought our house, uh, my wife and I bought our house, we, f- we felt about 80% good about it. And that was enough, you know. When I quit my job and decided to do deep clean full time, I felt about 80%. So, it doesn't have to be 100%, but the idea is that peace governs every single step that we take. And it's so funny if you start hearing people's stories about when they've slipped into sexual immorality really severely. You know, um, I'm thinking about one guy who was watching porn for years and, you know, knew he needed to get it out of his life, but wasn't really being proactive about it. And then one day found himself in a massage parlor and afterwards realized, oh my gosh, I need help, right? Because he, he, he was shook. Like he, he, he knew he was taking a step that he shouldn't have. And that, that, that was the interesting thing. And this is what comes up in a lot of stories is, you know, when you hear them, you, they, they all always say, yeah, I, I kind of knew I shouldn't be doing it, right? Like I had that sinking feeling. This was a huge mistake, but I ignored it. And we, we don't want to disregard that because if you disregard your feet, it is very difficult to advance, right? You, you, you must be aware of your footing to really move forward. Verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith. This is such a big one. We talked about it in the other episode, but it is really the belief in the truth, right? So you have the shield of faith, and then you have the waist or the belt of truth. Those two things in conjunction work together for us to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, is that we actually believe the truth. So we already talked about that one. I'm not gonna spend lots of time on it. The last two things, the helmet of salvation. This is a big deal, guys. A lot of of Christian men fear that they will lose their salvation because of their sexual immorality. I wanna let you know that is not true. The shed blood of Jesus is too powerful for your own decisions to stop you from being saved. Remember that the basis of salvation is the confession of Jesus as Lord and then the execution of his Lordship in your life over the course of your time here on earth a process that we call sanctification not everything has to be perfect and do not worry if you've been struggling if you've made an effort and you still feel like you can't move forward that does not relinquish your salvation okay the helmet of salvation is separate and apart from sexual immorality they're linked they're linked don't get me wrong but if if Hugh Hefner gave his life to Jesus on his deathbed his eternal passport is stamped towards heaven. He doesn't have he doesn't have to worry about the lifetime of sexual immorality. It doesn't separate him from his salvation. So let's keep this in perspective, okay? And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, very interesting here, Paul actually links the sword of the spirit, the word of God, praying as well. So it's, it's the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, but then it's prayer as well. One of the most impactful practices for me when I was a worship leader was learning to pray the Psalms. This was something that a guy named Paul Balash taught me, um, not directly, but indirectly. But he talked about praying the Psalms, you know, the idea of having scripture and praying through it, praying the Psalms and singing scripture. And it was really a really neat practice. And this is the idea, is that you and I engage with the Word of God. We don't have to be biblical scholars. We don't have to be experts. We don't have to have all of our theology figured out. But what we do have to do, what you must do, is get into the Word. You must get in, and you must pray. Engage your prayer. Engage your heart and pray into the scriptures. Don't just read them for knowledge sake. Dialogue with God. Engage with the living God as you read his living word. That is the idea. And that as we do that, you and I kind of kind of wrap together the armor of God. Our, our faith grows. We become more acquainted with the truth. We, we learn the precepts of scripture and grow in righteousness. And we start to get in step with the Holy Spirit so that our, our steps are always aligned with his. There's always peace where we go. This is the idea. It's that our salvation grows. It it, it blossoms into sanctification. And that you and I walk further and deeper into the things that he's called us to. And you can just imagine the implications this has for you in your journey to freedom, in your journey to sexual integrity. The goal is that you and I become more like Christ. That's it, that's the goal. And we wanna extract every single tool, resource, and concept we possibly can to walk in that. And I want to encourage you, if you if you um, get a time, maybe take five, 10 minutes today, just read through the scripture. It's about 10 verses. It's not going to take you a lot of time. Meditate on it. Ask God, God, God which part of, of my armor needs a little bit of work? You know, which part do I need to really bolster? I know I'm called to put on the whole armor, not just parts of it, but which which part of it maybe needs a little bit of sprucing up, a little bit of work. Now, you may think you already know, but I want you to ask God because he might have a different one in mind than you. And he's going to know a lot better what you need to continue to fight this battle and live a life of sexual integrity. So guys, that's everything for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day. And if you want more teachings like this, uh, if you want some more trainings, we actually have a private community where we are doing trainings like this all the time. It's called Deep Clean Inner Circle and it's completely free of charge. There's no cost to you. We just ask you fill out a little survey after you join and that's about it. So you can click the link in the show notes. It's called Deep Clean Inner Circle, and I would love to see you in there uh, for you to get more trains like this that are going to help you live a life of confidence and integrity. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon, guys. Bye bye. Hey everybody, it's Thea again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process